0: Pastor Brad Baker joins us on the podcast today, B.B., as we call him, and uh, he's a father, he's a son, he is a fisherman, as we can see by the looking- Now now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting in his office here at New Life, and I feel like I'm in the mountains because there are pictures of trout everywhere, (laughs) and uh, you're you're making me want to fish.
1: The the trout are calling our names right now. I can hear it
0: loud and clear. (laughs) Uh, He's also a a passionate soccer fan, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Who's your team?
1: Well, uh, my team is whatever team my son is playing for at the time, but beyond that, the U.S. national team is my team, so I, my heart was broken when we didn't qualify mm-hmm. for the World Cup this summer. But mm-hmm. I'm getting over it slowly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was it was a tough night in our house. <laughs> so so pray for pray for Brad <laughs> yeah. here as he
0: continues to grieve. Yes, but we're doing a we're doing this podcast series, Brad, on the importance of of uh, as men processing our stories and taking a closer look at her stories. And mm. I know this is something that you've, you've done a lot of work mm. in your life with your story. And so thanks for being willing to open up your heart on the podcast mm. today and share what that process has looked like for you. So uh, first of all, why don't, can you just speak to that? What does it look like for you to begin to, to really process and engage your story?
1: Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the resistance in in my heart, and I think it's true of everybody, that we're afraid. Uh, we're afraid to open up about our story um, because it will bring up pain. Um, we're afraid to be honest about what's in the past because um, it could it could be bring shame on us in terms of our relationships with other people. We might be rejected. I mean, all these things kind of play in your mind, Um But it's so important i love that you're doing this podcast because that was so much of how god unlocked things that were sort of had a grip on me was was counterintuitive like i had to go back and explore before i could really go forward in a different way in a healthier way and uh so it was it was hard work like being willing to say to ask questions like how did my family of origin both help me and equip me for life but how did it wound me or hamper my growth or hinder my growth or what are the major milestone events in my life that are still affecting me today um, both positive and negative and to go back and and have the guts have the courage to look at all of it and then say okay God what do you want me to do with all that now that I'm now that I'm back here in my mind Mm -hmm. Um, so it looked a lot of different ways. You know, it looked uh, counseling was a part of it, um, kind of going through crisis moments in my life of uh, battled with different, you know, addiction, sexual addiction to be specific. And it took kind of those things for me to go, okay, why, why am I so vulnerable to these things? Mm-hmm. Could it be that some issues in my marriage or some wounding in my heart or some t- the constant temptations I have? Could these have some of their roots in unfinished business in my past? Mm-hmm. And the answer for me was yes. You know, and that that was a tough realization yeah. Yeah. Um, to face. You know, I'm glad it didn't hit me all at once.
0: <laughs> was there a was there like a, an event that, that served to be a catalyst that made you go back? Where you're like, I don't really have any choice. I have to. I have to address my story.
1: Yeah, there was kind of two. Uh, points initially. I mean, there's so many different things I could talk about. But the first one was, I was reading a book by Pete Scazzera that talks about our emotional health. Not something that men talk about a lot. But there was an assessment that sort of rated your emotional maturity. And I took the test in my late 20s. And I scored as an emotional infant on the test. So I was like, I'm a 20-something-year-old man, but I have the emotional maturity of a baby. So I was like, this is not cool. Like, I was kind of mad at the book. Like, this assessment must be a piece of junk, you know. But it got me going, okay, what? In, what? what is that? Like, am I really an emotional baby? And so that got my attention. But then the bigger one, which was a really serious moment in my life, was I had somebody that I am still in relationship with come to me and said I've carried this burden for years and years and years now but when you were uh, a child I sexually abused you and I've come to repent and wow talk about a bomb being dropped in Mm. my life and I didn't have any memories of Mm -hmm. it you know you hear about the lord kind of protecting kids from abuse by they're blocking their memories if it happens before a certain age um and rather than deal with that in that moment i just because i didn't have any emotional attachment to that incident in my life i just pressed forward and so it wasn't until later when i started having marriage problems and as i mentioned sexual addiction issues with pornography and masturbation that i was like i i gotta go back and, and 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 sort of take the hand of the Lord some way and have Him walk me back and heal me from some of this stuff. Yeah. And that was scary.
0: Yeah, well I was gonna ask you, what, what were you feeling? What was it like to be you in that moment when you realized, I've gotta go back. I've gotta look yeah. at some of this. What kind of emotions were you yeah. facing at that, at that point in time?
1: Uh, I felt despair. I felt um, desperation. Um, I was really scared like could I lose my marriage over these broken places in my life that I desperately want to get free from and healed from and and so it was a place of pain and desperation and fear Um, but I never forget I remember praying one day I said it's a risky prayer and I dare you to pray it (laughs) it was God do whatever it takes Mm. to, to help to break me free and to help you know i do whatever it takes so the it was like the moment i prayed that the lord was like okay now you're ready you know and i think the thing that i wished um hindsight's always twenty twenty, but i think more that i wish for other men because I, I just love my story even though it's messy and broken is that it wouldn't take a crisis in their life in their marriage or some addiction for them to um say what does god need to take me back to yes and heal in my life so that it doesn't impact my present and my future in a negative way Mm -hmm. Um, but for me i'm a pretty stubborn guy pretty headstrong it took a crisis for me to have i guess the courage to face it because we were at a critical moment like a lot was on the line you know i was looking at my wife and my kids and my my role in ministry like it was all in a tenuous spot Mm -hmm. um So I think if we as men can learn to be more attentive to what we've walked through, and what the Lord might be wanting to do, um, we can save ourselves a lot of hard work, and those around us, those that love us the most, and we love them the most, we can save ourselves some some pain. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think uh,
0: you know, going back as you're saying, you felt it was scary. Yeah. But can we, in those moments when we're when we feel like God is inviting us to go back and process some painful aspects of our story, can we cling to the idea that God, even though it's scary, even though it's intimidating, can we hang on to the reality that God is good to the core? Yes. And if He's inviting us back into our story, in some way He wants us to taste and see that He is good in that place in our yes. story. So what yes. speak to the process for you. So you're feeling scared and intimidated and what what happened? How did you begin to engage those aspects of your story?
1: Yeah well we connected uh, with an amazing counselor. We were living in California at the time and so he was incredible like a godsend. We spent about two and a half years with him um, and really went to unpack like okay Brad um, what was your family of or origin really like? What did you learn, good and bad, in terms of how to how to handle relationships and connect with people? How did you learn to um, deal with unpleasant emotions in your own heart? Did you bring them into relationship or did you seek to medicate them in, in an unhealthy way? Like all these questions begin to surface. So that was a really big part. And then I think there were just uh, spiritual brothers in my life via my small group that, that really knew what Carrie and I were going through, and so it was just it was a lot of time unhurried time with them of just like talking to them uh, about what I'd gone through and, um, and them being willing to listen and pray over me, and so it was opening up to to people in my life, and and sort of saying you know what. I'm not going to be afraid anymore um, about what people might think about what I've done or where I've what's what's happened to me, um, because the payoff is so great if I'm willing to be vulnerable. There's a freedom that comes, right? The Bible talks in James about confessing your sins one to another. Well, yeah, there there's our sins, but then there are things that happen to us, and I think the same principle applies. Like there is freedom and healing that mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. when we're willing to confess mm-hmm. and talk through the unpleasant things in our life, you mm-hmm. know. So that that really happened and then um, I, I forced myself to slow down and learn the rhythm of being attuned to my own soul. So I'm a charge ahead focused guy. I love to lead and be active and so I, I, I begin to learn slowly. <laughs> how to pause and, and do things like take a Sabbath and start your morning out you know, with the Lord and the Word and press into His heart and and listen for what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you. Um, so those things, I think, really begin to help unlock me.
0: Yeah, yeah one of the yeah. things I'm hearing loud and clear is that you did not try to take this journey alone. No. This was not a solo no. project where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna figure this out and 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 not let anybody in on this. Yeah. You're saying it was uh, a, a crucial part of the journey. God took you on involved other people yeah and your willingness to be open to those people was was huge.
1: yeah for sure and I you know there's a, a term that I, I, I put in my backpack because I thought it was so good. It, it, someone said to me, uh, intimacy, intimacy aversion can happen to you when you face a, a wound in your life especially in childhood where you kind of think okay I've got this wounded part of my heart and subconsciously you begin to build a wall, a protective wall around yourself where you're not going to let anybody else in close because last time you did it hurt mm-hmm. and so what, what that does is it allows that a, a wound in your heart to begin to fester and to take on a life of its own and so, yeah, a big part of, um, of of healing for me was finally being willing to to talk about my inner life and what I felt. And and I had I had gotten so used to kind of having a protective wall around me um, that I didn't even know how to talk about my emotions. I didn't even talk. I didn't even know. How, I to not have language for it. So like, I had to learn <laughs> this language. So yeah, it was almost to the degree that I allowed other people and the Lord into my story, that I was freed and healed. Yeah. And those were those two were linked, completely linked. You couldn't separate that. Um, in other words, healing and freedom wouldn't have come mm-hmm. if I wasn't willing mm-hmm. to invite other people into the pretty sensitive parts of my life. You
0: know? Yeah, how did you decide, how did you discern who are the right people to invite into this very personal place in my heart. What was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, luckily, um, when kind of everything hit the proverbial fan in my life, we had lived in California for about four years. And so I was really glad that we had decided to lean into the community there and build strong relationships through our small group. So I've been walking with this group of guys for four years, and we'd been we'd already talked about a lot of hard stuff. So there was this trust of like, you're not going to shame me. You're not going to go on Twitter and you know (laughs) spill the beans on social media about me. You know, as ridiculous as that sounds, like you have those fears. Like, uh, is this going to change the relationship if I open up? So I had this uh, depth of relationship long before I was in the quote unquote crisis moment. You know. And so I think it's so important for us as men to push past news, weather, and sports with each other and ask each other, look each other eyeball to eyeball and and ask questions like, how's your heart, man? How's your relationship with your wife? How's your relationship with the Lord? Um, How are you doing? And for us to learn how to talk about what's really going on in our lives so that when we do go into a, difficult moment where the Lord's saying now I want you to process the abuse you faced from your father mm-hmm. whoa if we have no found a relational foundation we can't even go there with people mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. and um so yeah you you uh it takes time right to to build those relationships and you you don't want to just open up to anybody because um, not everybody deserves the trust of your story right away um, especially if you're in a place where you haven't done that before mm-hmm. and you're really tender. Mm-hmm. you need someone who's got some expert expertise mm-hmm. you know in handling. And I think that's why counseling was so good for me because there was a professional on the other side of the couch who could help um, gently walk me through all and unpack all that was in yeah. me when i didn't even really know yeah. how much stuff yeah. was in there you know so it's like open that storage unit and you're like oh my gosh <laughs> look at all this stuff that i got to unpack <laughs> um, but it's so amazing how the lord meets you you know and and how even in the heartbreak for me of facing the abuse that i went through the the kind gentle loving presence of god would encounter me in ways that i go i don't know that i would change this story because i'm getting to experience god in the deepest place of my pain and his comfort is so sweet to me Mm -hmm. you know Um, so there's a real beauty and joy that comes out of being willing to do this Mm -hmm. that then can sort of lift your head up along the way and you go wait I'm now in a place where I can help other people, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's such a crazy shift. Is like, I'm the broken one who needs recovery. Well, yeah, but if you walk with the Lord through that, then you're going to, through him, you'll be find this place of strength where you can reach a hand out to someone who's drowning in quicksand. And you say, hey, I actually have some insight for you and can just love on you and, and help guide you through this journey. Because guess what? I was in your shoes just a few years ago. You know, that's... Mm-hmm. That's the greatest joy for me now, Mm -hmm. is being able to sit with people and say, "Tell me what's really going on in your life. This is a safe place for you to talk about hard things, you know, and and to just feel like I want to give the same gift to that person that so many people gave me, you know, when I was in a tricky spot.
0: And that that speaks to how brilliant God is as a storyteller. That, mm. that he is telling a story in each person's life and an important part of that story is how does God use our pain how does mm. he use the painful stories how does he how does he bring beauty from ashes and eventually use that pain and and transform it into a passion that's mm. what i'm hearing you say yeah. some of your pain became a passion for you to then yeah. help help other people speak speak to what yeah. what that was like as God uh, took you through that process
1: well even a kind of a year and a half after we'd gone through a really dark valley I I was on the road of healing and recovery it seemed like every time I turned around um, God would put in front of me a person that would just kind of let me in and, and share with me hey I'm struggling with porn or my marriage is falling apart and suddenly I had I wasn't giving them canned advice anymore. It was like, I just walked through this. So I was able to, like, as best I could, be the Lord with skin onto them and invite them into uh, a deep uh, work of healing for them. And so it was amazing. I think my favorite words to hear from somebody are, I've never told anybody this, fill in the blank. And I'll never forget one moment I just gotten through kind of sharing in front of a, a group a bit of my story and kind of being vulnerable and open and I sat with a guy and after the building cleared and he'd waited to talk to me and he just said I I was sexually abused by another man when I was a teenager and I've struggled all these years with same sex attraction and I've never told anybody and and we sat and wept together, and I prayed over him, and the Lord began this healing journey in him. And he went on, and still is, to be this incredible leader in, in the local church. And he's now married um, to a woman, and um, he's, he's happy, he's thriving, and I'm like, God, let me be a small part of that, that guy's story. Mm-hmm. And that you're right, that's the amazing thing about God is if we, and it's one of the ways we know. That His redemptive work, we've allowed His redemptive work into our life, is the places of greatest pain in our past become the places of our greatest ministry in the present, and uh, I get chills just thinking about mm-hmm. it. You know, it's just so beautiful um, to know the Lord is like, okay, the same comfort, right? Second Corinthians chapter one, the same comfort you've received from the Lord, now you get to pass on to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's this transference idea you get healed front by the Lord and now the Lord wants you to be a part of his healing work in other people's mm-hmm. lives and so it's kind of a cool little motivation it's, right to be willing yeah. to have the courage to, to step into some of this stuff is like on the other side of it there's such sweetness
0: yeah um, you're a brave soul you, and because I've I've watched you join our staff and you're an incredibly gifted leader you are one of the best leaders I know just in terms of your ability to lead people and and um, serve the Lord in, in that way. But you lead in such a transparent way. Mm. You're honest. It would be easy for a man like you, Brad, to uh, not share your story because of how painful it is and vulnerable. But you, when you're honest, you create a culture around you where other people can be honest. And so I want to thank you for that.
1: Mm. Thanks, Gabe. I- it is a cool thing you know it's uh vulnerability is much like a cold Mm -hmm. um you know it's highly contagious and i think deep inside we all know that we're meant to share even the shameful painful parts of our life but until we see someone that did it and survived sharing it um we're really hesitant to do so and so i agree with you like um it, it it's so important that in your sphere that you're willing to show your scars and share your show your scars to people and share what really hap- what's really mm-hmm. happening in your life because then it just frees them up to do mm-hmm. the same and, and so it's fun to be a part of that but scary at times yeah. still you yeah. know you're like okay do i really and there are there are obvious appropriate ways to share you know getting into too much detail you know you you don't mm-hmm. want to you don't want to err on the side of not sharing specifics, but you also don't want to err on the side of sharing details that yeah. are just not helpful to people. Yeah. You know, so you got to know your audience and and know how much to share and when to share. And, um, but it's a powerful thing to watch mm-hmm. God do, and that's for sure.
0: Well, as we close here, would you pray? I believe we have men listening who uh, they've they've listened to your words and they feel something stirring inside of them. Yeah. Maybe that's the spirit of God saying, "Hey, I I want you to take a closer look at some of the things you've been through, your story." And maybe they're feeling a little nervous or anxious yeah. or confused about where to start. Would you close by just praying for for that man?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Father, I pray for every man listening um, to this, wherever they are—in their car, in their home, in a coffee shop. Lord. We'll they're not listening to this by, by chance. We know that you've orchestrated this moment for them, that you're actually inviting many of them back um, so that they can go forward in a new way. And I pray that you would give them strength and courage, Lord, that you would just show them the next step. Maybe it's uh, right after this podcast, maybe it's just picking up the phone and, and calling a close friend and saying, hey, let's, can we meet for coffee and talk? And uh, there's just this new openness in them. Lord, I pray that you would do that work in them. Do that work in us, that ongoing work of you highlighting in our hearts what you want to, to pro- help us process through. And God, thank you that your love gives us the confidence mm-hmm. to trust that it's going to be okay. Um, you're a good God. And we just declare that over our past um, and over what you want to do in our lives. So thank you for this time. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen.